Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 251 of Bat Flips and Maple Dips. It's Patrick in Halifax. He's Justin in Saskatoon. That's the one. Saved it. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it's pronounced. Can, okay, Justin, um, before we get started on talking about baseball and shit, I didn't know what the word bunny hug was oh, until yeah. I Googled it today. Yeah. I'm, what? Can, do you know anything about this term? What is um, this? It's what people in Saskatchewan call what everyone else calls a hoodie. Um, for us, a hoodie is a sweatshirt with a zipper that goes down it. Um, so a hoodie. Yeah, exactly. So a bunny hug is a hoodie that does not have a zipper. So a hoodie. It's a bunny hug. A hoodie has a zipper. They, they're both hoodies to me. Mm, that's incorrect. Okay, well then I have like <laughs> eight bunny hugs because I don't like hoodies with zippers. Um, yeah, because so back in the day, kind of folks in Saskatchewan used to have like like a, a traditional long sleeve long sleeve sweatshirt, and they would put like a rabbit skin rabbit fur kind of hand warmer on the front of it. That's why it's called a bunny hug, because they use rabbit leather and fur for that. Fun fact, the bunny hug is actually a dancing style from the early 20th century. Oh, cool. Started in California and then kind of spread That's from there. That's not the bunny hug I'm talking about. but No, but <laughs> bunny hug is a type of I bu- we dance. Learned, we, learned, we both learned something new today. Look at not that. to be confused with bunny hop, but yeah, which I, is different. I have, I have some... I do have hoodies because they have zippers, but I traditionally I am wearing a bunny hug right now actually in my basement because my basement is like 15 degrees, which is awesome. The room I'm uh, in has no air circulation and it's 30 degrees. So, so we are not the same person. Let's <laughs> we get are not this the shit started. Uh, <laughs> if you like what we do, find us uh, everywhere at BFMD Podcast. Are we on threads yet? Uh, no, because I despise social media and I have a hard enough time posting on Twitter. I know, but I want to leave Twitter so we can just do but threads. But do you want to support Meta? I would rather support Meta than over. Uh, yeah. I'll, uh, you know what? I'm gonna walk that back and say fuck both of them. Yeah, exactly. But... I'm just like we're kind of with the devil we are with right now, until until Elon continues to pay the rent, to fail to pay the pay the rent, and Twitter gets shut down. Um, I don't see me making another account because like i only have so much i don't even have my own social media accounts i don't have the attention span it's a sunk cost yeah it's a sunk cost we get like zero engagement on our tweets there because we don't pay eight dollars a month to be a poser so yeah i know i don't care (laughs) yeah i don't care about our social media at all but you can find us on our website bfmdpodcast.com don't care but you can look for us there (laughs) someday someday we'll actually do something with our website we just we just don't too much work man it's well. There's, there hasn't been time. We we we're a free to listen to podcast. We don't <laughs> generate any revenue. The time we put into this is the time that we want to put into this. And it actually, any, when, any if more you think time about we man hours, job. if you think about man hours and then the money it costs for us to upkeep the website and then upkeep Sportsnet I mean, now, so we can watch the domain. The, the domain is like twelve dollars a year. Oh Jesus Christ! It's a dollar a month, um, and that's really all we pay for. I guess I pay for. A, now sportsnet now yeah fun fact um i can't actually use your sportsnet now anymore because they changed the password sharing options what so i've been using my mom's <laughs> did i change the sportsnet now password no no even... it's because they they limited they did like a netflix style thing quietly behind the scenes i noticed it kind of at the beginning of the season it was working during spring training and then I went to watch sometime in during the regular season in like very early April. And it told me I had to, to subscribe, even though I was already signed in as you. <laughs> and so and I, I did it on both my phone and my computer to make sure I wasn't crazy. And yeah, it wouldn't let me watch because I'm in a different location is what I think. It didn't, speci- it didn't explicitly say that, but it, it hasn't worked for me ever since like spring training. So in the I've time explained. it has taken you <laughs> to explain all of this, yeah. <laughs> guess what? I no longer have Sportsnet now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's <Nice>. gone. <laughs> Love that. 
love that for you. Um, but yeah, <laughs> well, the other thing was I was ru- about to run into an issue because I had to change my credit card because some fucker got a hold of it. Oh, yeah. Wait a second. It says I cancel and it says I still have access until 2024. What the hell? Did you pay the annual? It was probably cheaper, I think. There was a deal at one point. Oh, shit. Yes, I did. Oh, that's all right. Way, way back a, when. I still have access to it. There you go. Well, until next year. It's already paid for. <laughs> it's already paid for. Yeah, sunk, so I'm not losing costs, anything. Sunk just like our Twitter. <laughs> that's it. That's it, though. Goodbye, Sportsnet yeah. now. Yeah, so that, that was that was the thing. It's like that's I a could, W. Yeah, so I, I haven't been using yours for like I, three or four months now. You should have told me because I, I would have canceled it, it honestly. sooner. Yeah. I just, six, well. I just like got mad about it and then just w- went for the workaround and here we are oh you know what <sighs> it's good until march 22nd 2024 that's eh, most of the nhl it's season. most of the nhl season it's all the good parts anyway because once april hits it's not even hockey season anymore it's baseball season so yeah once april hits i'm either gonna if i'm not at the game i don't care about yeah, it. yeah and and I'll, I'll be at games again and your team's year. not gonna be anywhere near the playoffs still so and they're better than they were, and they just made a trade. They were able to fleece uh, Ottawa for Somebody. Alex DeBrincat. Oh, so. I didn't know they got him. Anyway, anyway, they uh, get Alex DeBrincat, random so I mean, side tangent. Um, check how many subscriptions you have, people, because you're probably paying more than you think you are every month, and there are probably things you aren't using. And if you're just paying monthly for shit, if you're not using it that month, cancel it. Come back to it later on. Like, Do you work for Rocket Money? Is that what this is? What's Rocket Money? Is this money? an ad read? What's Rocket Money? I don't it's know exactly that is. what you just described. Oh. It keeps track of all I your just, subscriptions. I, just, I, ha- I literally have a Google document for myself where I keep track of all the subscriptions that I have. And if I don't use something for more than 30 days, I just get rid of it. And then if I want it back later, I just go pay for it again. Cause What's your most prized subscription? Um, probably Amazon Prime, to be honest with you. Yep. Because I actually watch yep. Amazon TV shows and yep, same. buy things quite regularly on Amazon. So. Can we? Okay, before we get into it, I know we said we're not going to stretch this out or whatever, but it, it's this is the only time Prime has come up organically. So I have to say, um, I watched, I rewatched Jack Reacher. Oh yeah. Yep. God damn, the show is good. Was it one or two seasons on there? One. They're, uh, they are they were filming season two, but I don't know if that's okay. On are, but, you watching, uh, are you watching? Are you watching Jack Ryan? Speaking of Jacks, no. It's actually pretty good. Terrence and I have watched I know the first couple episodes of this season, so I won't. Uh, I, I'm behind at least one episode. So season two of Jack Reacher comes out uh december of this year oh excellent i'll be looking forward to that have Have you you already seen season one i have have you watched the marvelous mrs Maisel? what is that what the hell is that it's the best show on amazon prime by a country mile better than daisy jones and the six yes it's better than anything on there. I don't know what Daisy Jones and the Six is, but I'm just saying yes. It's, it was it was all right. It was overrated. The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel is a tremendous show. What is it about? It's about a woman who becomes a comic in 1950s and 1960s New York. Okay. Um, and it's all about kind of her struggle as a divorcee, raising two children. Her parents are crazy. Her friends are crazy. It's the sets are amazing, the costumes are amazing, the casting is fantastic. It's just a it's a tremendous show. It just finished its final season like a month or so ago, and it, it was this one has, of the shows that I was legitimately sad that it ended. It won multiple has, Emmy um, awards. Uh, Alex Borstein in it. Yeah, she's the I would say the secondary main character. Rachel Brosnahan plays the main the lead, Mrs. Midge Maisel. And she is terrific. Um, the entire cast, the chemistry between the the actors is just so good. I know who she, I know who she is. Yeah, she's, I know her from. She's excellent. Uh, it was that fucking movie. Um, fuck. Oh no, my brain is turning off. <laughs> I know her from something. Yeah. I just don't remember what. She was in House of Cards. She's also. Yeah, she was in House of Cards. Um, I know I Googled her because now I'm like. She was in the Blacklist for a little while. 
as a supporting character. Um, I'm not sure what else she's really done mm. in terms of movies. She hasn't done a lot of like major stuff. I'm hoping she'll get more now because like she won yes. Emmy Awards for this show. Um, yeah, I she's find terrific. a lot of their original stuff though is the show has a 90% rating overall on Rotten Tomatoes and an 8.7 on IMDb, and it ran for five seasons. So. How do you feel about the boys? I love the boys. <laughs> I'm nervous. About I liked where the first. Going with this. The first two seasons were terrific. I'll say that much. You didn't like season three. Season three, I felt was a bit of a step back. Some episodes had their moments, like uh, Hero Gasm was hilarious. Th- that was really odd. It was odd, and I loved every second of it. Um, I'm like, yeah, I'm I am nervous where it's going. I don't. I know some people who have read the like the graphic novel comics that it's based oh, on. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, And they both it's love and hate close. it. It's 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 not. The they same. they not say it's close. they say it's still great as a TV show, but they've kind of separated it from the comics. It's completely different from the comic books. Yeah. I can tell you that. And but it's I would honestly say that the TV show is better. Yeah, I, I think there are certain things when you're adapting. We're just going to talk about TV shows this entire episode. It's fine. Yeah, it's not yeah. that much baseball to talk about. But uh, the the thing with a lot of graphic novels and TV shows that are based off of them is it's 99% of the time it's impossible to completely replicate them because you can do things in drawings that you cannot do in live action TV. You know? And there are some storylines yeah. that you just can't retell. <laughs> I'm... That I'm nervous about where it's going because I like I it's I don't want to ruin the show for anybody, but it's very obvious who Homelander is lampooning, and if you don't mm-hmm. realize it at this point, <laughs> you are, are hopeless. Yeah. Um, but it's it it's very obviously like a critique not only of superheroes but also how we uh, how like comic books have now become something so dominant in the pop culture landscape that it's it's pretty much fucking ruined um but there's there's a lot of depth to this show and that's what i like i'm nervous that they're going to just do haha good guys end up winning in the end like uh, like obviously homelander is going to get his but I don't, I don't know, like, I don't know where they're going with it. That being said, it is one of the best Prime shows in a sea of, like, garbage. Like, did you watch the Wheel of Time show? I did. It, I, I've, I've, heard this, I've heard the books are good, but the show was bad. Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power? Yeah. Bad. Not good. Really bad. Yeah. Uh, I started watching Outer Range and it lost me. See, uh, I think a lot of we're noticing a theme here with a lot of these shows that are bad is that they're all a lot of like fantasy type shows, and I just think that they they thought that people wouldn't notice the shitty CGI and like low budget costumes in in the Rings of Power. Like the characters all looked terrible. The armor was bad. Uh, the acting wasn't the good acting either. The acting wasn't great. Like they just thought that we would all enjoy it because it's Lord of the Rings knockoff. The only thing I'll give it credit for is um, the character design of the halflings yes. or the proto halflings. Yeah. That that uh, strand of the story is more interesting than everything else, and even then. <laughs> It's not that interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's not great. They really, they so really fucked this up. I don't this know how they did it, but they they really did. Yeah. So the marvelous versus Maisel, <laughs> what started this kind of conversation about Amazon Originals, I think it's it's one that nails it because a it's not fantasy. All of the sets are shot on location. It's not like just a green screen show. It's based in 1950s and 60s New York. It's colorful, vibrant, like the. I get it. Yeah, it's it's a good show, and I think you should you should watch it. You should watch it with with Sarah because I think that she would appreciate it too because it's just a great TV show. It's for everybody. 
I'm gonna say this. This is gonna be a spicy hot take. I think my favorite Prime show is the Legend of Vox Machina, and it's not particularly close. I'm not even sure what that is. I it's it's a it's an adult animation show okay. like Invincible, um, which is also really good. But um, the Legend of Vox Machina is basically a, uh, an animated retelling of the first. Uh, campaign of Critical Role, which is a bunch of voice actors uh, basically do a, a Dungeons & Dragons campaign. Okay. But The Legend of Vox Machina is actually just the story from the campaign turned into a TV show. Interesting. It's really, I've, really good. I've always been fascinated with Dungeons & Dragons, but I've never played it. It's good. Or taken part in it. I played it growing it, up. It seems like a big time commitment. <laughs> oh, yeah. Which it's is the not, thing that's always kept me away. Yeah, as an adult, it's virtually impossible. I don't know how many times I've wanted to start a campaign and it just dies because there's just not enough people who are passionately committed to putting like one day a week aside or, sure. or like two days a month. It's impossible. And then once you're basically once like people start having kids or getting married or moving away, it's just a Fuck them it. kids, am I right? It's easier to play when you're younger and everybody yeah, has yeah. nothing better to do. Fair. But anyway, we have wasted a lot, a lot of time, time talking um, about this. We're going to talk about baseball. We're going to talk about news. We're going to talk about uh, how uh, shockingly exciting uh, the the baseball was this weekend, this past yeah. weekend. We're going to preview the, the San Diego series. We're lucky, too, because we're going to get to come back immediately after... That one's over and preview the next series. Yes, sir. And uh, we got a rumor about an old friend who may be coming back to town. Yeah. Um, quickly Stay the tuned. news, Patrick. Let's just jump into this. Casey Lawrence selected for free agency. He had a clause yeah. in his contract that he could ask for a release, and it was granted. Good for him. So he's exploring other opportunities. I understand you mentioned the Cardinals and I believe the Yankees were in talks with him, whether that's a minor league deal or else or otherwise, we don't know. Um, happy trails, Casey Lawrence. He had, did not appear at all this season. Uh, and for the Blue Jays. Yes, you're right. For the Blue Jays. He only has uh, six games in MLB since 2018 when he was with Seattle mm -hmm. and they were all last year. What are his and numbers from Buffalo this year? Do you have those handy? I, I don't have them, okay. and I don't want to look them up either. Fair enough. I, they're what probably... Probably not great. If, probably whatever. If Bowden um, Francis and everybody else leapfrogged him in the uh, the pecking order this year, then they're probably not Yeah, great. I would put him maybe 14 or 15 as far as guys I would... Uh, like I would have 14 or 15 guys start over him. Like right. I would have Butters start over him. I would have Mitch White start over him. I would right. have Thomas Hatch start over him. And they're all not starters. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. So. We said what we needed to say. <laughs> we have. Yes. Okay. Um, Kevin Gosman's going to miss another start, Patrick. He's not going to pitch in the Padres series <laughs> as the Bleachers had originally said he would after the All-Star break. Don't need him to. I have a conspiracy theory here. Oh, no. It's not much of a conspiracy, but I believe that Kevin Gosman missing the All-Star game for, to quote-unquote, spend time with his family was both true and false because I think he was maybe already a little bit hurt after his last start, and they used that as an excuse to not have him go to the All-Star game. I do think that, obviously, Kevin Gosman wouldn't go if he was hurt anyway, so I'm not saying that it's like a, a Blue Jays conspiracy. I'm just saying that it was a convenient reason for him not to go. Because, That's a very mild conspiracy Yes, theory. because immediately when we came back from the All-Star break, we learned of this MRI revealing no significant damage. and It was just discomfort or inflammation, whatever they're calling it. Yeah. Um, and he's still day-to-day. But they are not going to put him on the injured list because they can only go back three days retroactively, which would mean he would have to miss another two starts instead of just this one in the Padres series. Yeah. He's tentatively scheduled in for Friday against the Mariners. Which would be... Which would be fine. 
what was what's the date for the twenty first of July. That is basically fourteen. Yeah, days it's about three weeks since he last pitched. Two weeks. Two weeks. Oh, yeah, he last pitched days, on sorry. July yeah. the eighth. I always think of five day weeks in baseball because of five day rotation, so I get confused sometimes. No. Um, but you yes, you're right. Two wrong. weeks. Even if your heart's in the right place. Two weeks wrong. or like three turns through rotation, basically. Which is which? which is if fine. you would put him on the 15 day IL. Uh, pitchers have a 10 day IL. Yeah. Oh no, pitchers have a 15 day. You're right. Yes, no, you're right. So, yeah. Yeah. Even if they had, he would still be back the 21st the same, or the 22nd. The so yeah. they just opted not to. And I'm sure if there was an emergency, he yeah. probably would have hit be. the IL. <laughs> but there is no, yeah, he yeah. would be on the IL. Because of this off day they have today, where the day we're recording, the 17th of July, they could afford to wait it out. Yeah. Um, with yeah. Manoa returning and then also uh, Huanjin Ryu. Ryu is probably one more rehab start away for being ready. Should we Maybe talk two. about the rehab start? We didn't really we, prepare for it very we much. We can. I mean, you. I think you You kind of looked into it more than I did because I, I only commented on like the line and you mentioned that he'd given up a home run, but that was kind of it. He only had one mistake in the entire uh five innings he threw 66 pitches 46 were strikes the only mistake that i saw was a solo home run and that was the second hitter of the game um no walks three hits ho-hum not really a lot to say one more rehab star makes sense i i think he'd be good for four or five innings so maybe you mix and match like maybe Maybe it's uh, Manoa and uh, Ryu in one rotation slot. I don't know. Or maybe they're both swingmen. It really doesn't matter. that We have the depth. The key thing I think that matters now is down the stretch, we've got to have our best pitchers pitching in the divisional games. And then in non-divisional games, I don't care who starts. Fair. That's fair. Um, yeah, so Ryu could be back soon, which is exciting because having six starters is something this team really hasn't had all year when we've had to use Trevor Richards and Bowden Francis and Balk and opening roles. Yeah, we won't um, have another day off for 10 days. We have 10 games or nine yes. games uh, in nine days, and then we have a, game, a day off July the 27th. Uh, and it's just Padres, Mariners, and Dodgers. Uh, only one of those teams is in the playoffs, but they all have dangerous lineups. We will preview all of them in turn. But this was a tangent off Casey Lawrence, but I like the idea of Ryu being back sooner than later because I really, my trust level with Manoa is so low. Right. I, I just, I don't know what to think. Well, I guess we'll find out real soon if the appearance against uh, Detroit was just a fluke. Yeah, we'll find out tomorrow. Um, Arjun Namala, Patrick, the Blue Jays' 20th overall pick in the first round of the MLB draft. Uh, they announced the signing today uh, for $3 million, which may sound like a lot, but it was actually about a quarter or three quarters of a million dollars below the projected slot value for that pick. And this was after there were rumors before the draft and during the draft that teams were passing on him because he had told them that he wanted more than slot value. Was this an elaborate ploy, Patrick, because he wanted to sign with the Blue Jays? And he we wanted, have and seen this fall. happen more and more with amateur players. And I believe uh, I believe Tucker Tolman was one last year, That, if I remember correctly. And the in, the, in the NHL draft, Matvey Michkov was also... Uh, there, there, are, there is rumor and innuendo that he said certain things to... Certain teams. Clubs uh, who were drafting above the Philadelphia Flyers, I think. Mm-hmm. That where he didn't want to play for them. He wanted to play for Philadelphia. Interesting. Well, I mean, good for these guys. I mean, these guys are their top prospects. They should have a little bit of say in where they go. They've most of them have worked. They've worked 18 to 22, 23 years. If they go to college to get this opportunity. And if you have good rapport and a good vibe about a certain organization after your pre-draft meetings then i think that you should have some sort of control over it yeah 
In a way, I agree, but I know that the the rules when it comes to player contracts in uh, the history of MLB has been pretty heavily skewed in favor <laughs> of the owners over the players. Yeah, and I say that. I I say that meaning like. I'm very aware well of like how poor labor relations are in in baseball. It's probably the worst of the four major sports in North America. Yeah, yeah. It's ugly. But uh, that being said, I'm really happy this kid is uh, is is interested in playing for us. Uh, it would have been okay if he decided he wanted to go to college, but yeah, you know. Um, have you seen his swing? No. It's very, I would say, cricket-inspired, especially on his follow-through. If you have a chance to go and look at it on Will video. Will that translate to baseball? Um, very well. He actually did a round of VP, or BP. Um, uh, in Toronto this past weekend. Before is it really that game. unorthodox? It's though? not. The swing itself isn't. Just the follow through motion itself is very cricket reminiscent, I would say. Hmm. It'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, how it goes. Obviously, if, you know, it's 17 years old, he's not even done high school yet. I I mean, it's, well, uh, no, he, maybe he is. He has done high school. He just grad. He's he's just dad's turn eighteen yet. His birthday is. He must have been a late or a, a yeah. He must have. His started parents would have put him in school early. Yeah. Like yeah. way early. Um, I know that we haven't signed Jerron Watts Brown yet. Mm-hmm. He's the uh, the right hander that we we selected in the third round from the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Um. He also did a round in college summer baseball in the Cape Cod League yep. last year. Was it last year or this year? Uh, might have been this year even. No, it was last year. So I expect he'll probably do it again. And we signed Nick Goodwin, a shortstop, who we picked 214th overall, and that was in round seven. Uh, he plays for Kansas State. He was signed today as well. And yesterday we signed... Outfielder Sam Shaw, who we picked in the ninth round at 274th overall. He mm-hmm. is a... I think that was a high school pick as well. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I still haven't had a chance to catch up on the Blue Jays draft a, yet. Wh- what the hell is a secondary school? That's that high, high school. school? Yeah. Because okay. uh, university is called post-secondary. Well, anyway, um, Sam Shaw actually plays at the Lambert Park Secondary School, which was also home to Nick Pavetta. Oh, cool. For a minute, and Michael Saunders. Interesting. So that that team has a bit of pedigree. They also a good baseball uh, school, I guess. Ravi Kalon as well, but he he was a, a Canadian field hockey player. Ah. So you're probably not familiar with him, but there no. there still <laughs> seems to be uh, a pretty strong baseball program there. So that's another high schooler who signed. He was actually the first draft pick that was signed. Okay. So yeah, I'll have really to do some to... digging maybe this weekend. I'm, I'm actually not going to have any baseball to umpire this weekend, so I'll maybe actually have some time for myself to <laughs> dig into some of this draft stuff. Yeah, there's not really a surprise in the uh, out of the ten, uh, the, the ten rounds. The Jays didn't have a second round pick. Obviously, they forfeited that for signing uh, Chris Bassett. I think it was. Uh, yes. And, and uh, it was either a shortstop, an outfielder, or a pitcher. That's pretty much it. Okay. They did, yeah, they drafted a lefty, Connor O'Halloran, out of Michigan, but he has yet to sign as of this Pretty moment. standard but draft fair then. Um, pretty much. There wasn't much else to say. Let's talk about these games against the D-backs. Sure. Can I say something about this? You can this? say whatever you want because I think I watched about four innings total due to my weekend commitments of umpiring. Well, get ready because I'm about to yap. Go for it. I can't help it. This series, to me, is exactly the kind of baseball that I was hoping we would see out of the Toronto Blue Jays this year. Okay. I don't know how to explain it, but late inning heroics, quality starting pitching, um, clutch hitting. 
I mean, it had it all. It had everything you could have asked for uh, in the whole series. And there was one stomping, too. We were able to defeat a, uh, a very, very strong starting pitcher in Zach Gallon. We were able to knock him out of the game exactly the way I described that we needed to. Do you recall? I said we've got a... I don't know yep. if I said this on the podcast or not. I don't, we had I don't to know. knock him out of the game as early as possible so that way we would actually have a chance. Right. And it worked. Yeah, they got his pitch count up. I was looking back at the box score. Was he five innings only? Uh, Zach Gallen threw uh, five innings. I'm trying to find it. Sorry. Um, I just had it. And I, lost. I had it and lost it just like Gretzky. Ayo. <laughs> A oh, this is the same game. I pulled up the same game twice because they're both five. To, they're seven to five wins. Right. Oh, it's so freaking annoying doing me dirty like that. I'm pretty sure it was five innings. While I continue to fumble the bag here and uh, and try to find <laughs> the stats, we'll talk about the first game, uh, the seven uh, to two win. The Jays had sixteen hits in that game, and. Uh, with it those was five 16 innings hits, for Gallon. Uh, they went three for 13, which is not great, but it was enough to get the win. They were busy at the plate. Barrios was great. He only had four strikeouts, but he gave us uh, 5.1 innings of solid baseball. Trevor Richards gave up a solo taco, but that was it, and he got us five outs. Nate was great. One walk, two Ks. Jay Jackson shutting her down. Good for it him. was That's good. it was the type it was the type of Jay's game that you dream about. It was just solid, lots of hits, driving in the runs. I think they were the Jays were up two nothing, and they were basically in the lead uh, all the way up to the seventh when Arizona tied it, and then they busted open in the bottom of the seventh. Hmm. So it was awesome. Okay, glad like he hit a that. solo bomb. I, I did see that, so that was that was on Friday, right? We're talking about that was Friday, yeah. Saturday. Yeah, Gallon threw five innings, six hits, three walks, five Ks, uh, one home run, and that was I think in the second inning. I think no, it was not. It was Merrifield in the fourth. Sorry. Uh, it was a good game. It was, again, textbook clutch hitting, uh, late inning heroics. The bottom of the eighth, the Jays had the lead. They still were able to tack on two more runs. Uh, Chris Bassett gave us a quality start. No walks, five Ks. Um, Nate uh, was out there again. Uh, I don't like it when they do that to him, but he, he did it. He went back out, gave us an inning, clean inning. Swanson with a clean inning, and then Jimmy Garcia came out and got the save. No Jordan Romano. Obviously still nursing the back. Uh, again, clutch hitting really helped this team out, especially getting those insurance runs late in the game. Only one for seven with runners in scoring position. Still got the win. The third game uh, went very similarly to the first. The difference is Arizona got the opportunity to face Mitch White in the ninth, and Mitch White did what Mitch White does, uh, which is give up runs. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. He walked the bases loaded. I mean, it was stupid. It was – I mean, I don't know what else – they did what they had to do to get the win. Swanson came out and got the last out. It was It was scary for a minute, but they still took the dub because they scored four runs in the bottom of the eighth. They really busted the game open uh, late again. It was, uh, Kikuchi wasn't really very good. He wasn't bad, but he wasn't good either. A lot of walks. Okay. He really struggled with command in this game. You have nothing to add. I, let me talk I, about Dan, let me talk about Danny Jansen then. I, I honestly like I didn't see much at all. <laughs> okay, here it is. Danny Danny Jansen. Not only did he have a bases clearing double, that was the one in the bottom of the eighth. Is he the most clutch hitter in baseball? Three of the four runs. Yeah, I know he's elite. Uh, he also had a pickoff in the top of the seventh. 
I don't know who was he picked off. Was it one of their classic like matter. back picks to first base? Yes, it was. Oh, it was I love beautiful. that. I love that. Um, the bottom of the order was very good in that game. I mean, Jansen had two hits. Kirk was invisible. Uh, Espinal was two for three. Uh, and then Varsho had a pinch hit RBI. Uh, and then Kevin Kiermeyer was two for three with an RBI and a walk and a run. So the bottom of the order, it's like whenever the top of the order struggles, and they didn't really struggle in this game, but the bottom of the order including Jansen, were driving in the runs. So, like, it's it's almost like whenever one guy struggles, there's somebody else picking up the slack. I mean, we've seen Chapman's average drop, like, 200 points since May, uh, which was expected, but other guys in the bottom of the order have been stepping up when they were struggling mightily at the start of the year. So, aside from Kirk, who's having a terrible year. But we have to think about the positives, which is that Danny Jansen uh, had a terrific weekend. Really happy with that. And uh, sweeping the Arizona Diamondbacks, who, at, when the series started, were in the lead in that division, is it's a statement. The Jays have won four in a row now. They are still five games back of Baltimore because Baltimore has won eight in a row. Uh, but both teams are the hottest two teams in baseball right now by far. And... Um, Tampa is probably starting to get a little bit nervous because they just have not been able to pull themselves out of this funk. Uh, have you ever seen that, that comic on uh, the internet, Objects in Mirror are closer than they appear? Perhaps. And then it's somebody running? Well, the somebody running is Baltimore and Toronto. They yeah, are catching Baltimore up Baltimore is like, Tampa. what, a game back now? That's insane. Because Tampa was like 10 games up on everybody at one point. Yep, they sure were. Baltimore are now one game back of the division lead uh, and six games up in the wild wow. card, while the Jays are six games back of Tampa and one game up on the third wild card spot. And then That's actually crazy. They're actually three games up on Boston and New York right now, which is terrific. Um, Boston are still hot, 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 hot. Um, but the Yankees are not. Not, not, not. And the Angels are, are falling out. Yeah. And so are Cleveland. So, shit is good. Shit is good. I like oh, yeah, it's terrific. I mean, yeah. this was exactly the weekend the Jays needed. It's a statement series sweep against a formerly division-leading team. And now they'll fly to San Diego to face uh, a team that's got a lot of offense and some good starting pitching, but always seems to find a way to lose. So let's preview that series, Justin. Let's do it. Um, three good starting pitchers, Patrick, for the uh, the, the uh, Padres coming in. They've got Joe Musgrove, Yu Darvish, and Blake Snell going. Uh, we're very familiar with Darvish and Snell from their time spent in the American League. Less so with Musgrove, uh, and he's having... Another great year. He's eight and two so far this season with a three twenty-nine ERA. He's going to go up against Alec Manoa, um, who of course is coming off of the uh, one positive start before the All Star break against the four A team Detroit Tigers. Um, I don't know what to say, man. Like, it's going to be very. I'm very interested to see how Alec Manoa pitches against an actual Major League Baseball team. Isn't it weird? How Joe yet. Musgrove was a Blue Jay. Yeah, it is weird. And then he was in that big deal that we made with Houston. Yep. Where we got... Um, God, I don't even remember. That was fucking 10 years ago. 11 years ago. Anyway. Uh, yeah. So he, I know him mostly from his Pittsburgh days. I really wish the Jays had traded in 2020 for him. But... They didn't, and now he's in San Diego, and having he is another good year. <laughs> he's having a terrific year, and he goes up against Alec Manoa, who's having the opposite of a terrific year. <laughs> he's having a very assy year, but let's give him a chance. Let's see what happens. It's at the Rogers Center um, Tuesday night. It's also a uh, loony dog night, so we got to pump those numbers up, folks. 
that we do. Yes, we do. Uh, you Darvish, do you check your bed on, uh, or do you check underneath? No, no, I screwed up the thing. Uh, do you still check under your bed at night for uh, you Darvish, or is he no longer the, you know, um, the monster that he used to be? He's not the modern monster that he used to be, but at times he can still be incredibly dominant. He still has that ability to strike people out. He's just. He's got like a thousand pitches. Yeah, he throws every pitch <laughs> under the sun. I, w- I kind of wish he was going up against Chris Bassett so we could have the battle of like the, the Swiss, Swiss Army, Army knives. knives. Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, Jinx, you owe me a Coke. Um, but Brios is going to be a fun matchup too because he's been pitching so well lately. Um, I like that this series is at home. Uh, although I do think the, the ballpark in San Diego is pretty cool. I'd like to go there one day. Um, and then Blake Snell against Bassett. I mean, just three really good pitching matchups on paper if you forget that Ogbenoa is having a bad year. But, I mean, if this was last year, this would be, like, three terrific pitching matches. It still is. But I'm really curious to see kind of how the Blue Jays can get to any one of these guys. I think it's kind of going to be the same thing, especially in game one. This could be another Zach Gallon situation where you want to get the guy out of the game early. Because the longer I think he stays in, the long the harder it's going to be to do anything about it. Yeah. Um. This is a tougher. Yeah. <laughs> this is a tough series because they've got. They've got the hitting, uh, even if they're not performing right now. Um, mm-hmm. Although really indicative of San Diego's season is, Blake Snell <laughs> having a two point seven one ERA with one hundred and thirty nine strikeouts, and his record is six and seven. Right. That's about as well as their season goes. They come into the series 44 and 50, which is not Ooh. good. Uh, they're well out of a playoff position. Uh, the Jays, meanwhile, are clinging to a wild card spot and uh, hopefully can put some more distance between them and the Yankees and Boston in this series. I see at least one win sure based solely on the pitching matchups Blake Snell scares me for some reason Joe Musgrove doesn't I think it's because he's a righty but Blake Snell's a lefty and that scares me yeah we just have actually it's kind of crazy that they've actually struggled more against lefties than righties this year and largely due to the fact they just haven't faced a ton of lefties how is it that the Padres they have such good starting pitching and all of their like savant numbers, aside from Blake Snell's walk rate, are really, really good. So, I think a big part of it is the fact that they just haven't scored enough on offense this year, which is crazy when you consider that they have guys like Soto and Tatis um, and Manny Machado. But Machado, I haven't looked at his numbers lately, but he was not having a good year at all, kind of at the beginning of the season. And unless that's changed, I'm not sure what the issue is. But. I think it's got to be hidden. You know, I mean, you would think they'd be better. But, I mean, right now, Manny Machado has a 774 OPS. So that's that's down from what we're used to seeing from him. Yeah, he, the home runs are there. The ribbies are there. But the average just is not there. And for a guy hitting 256, your OBP should be higher than 311. Yeah, it's, those are kind of... The heart of the lineup. That yeah. said... He's super hot in his last uh, 10 games or so. So, he's so it out it's not, yeah, like if you look at his numbers uh, in July, they're, they're ridiculous. His OPS is 1.306 in July. So after having a not so great June and a really bad May and April, um, Things are turning around for, for Manny. Uh, he's not the guy that really kind of scares me, though, in this line. I mean, he's scary, but the really the guy that uh, I'm very scared of is, is Juan Soto. Yeah, he's just an on-base god. He is. He's It's Joey Votto levels. He's it's incredibly patient, yeah. He doesn't his, swing at bad his pitches. His walk rate is in the 100th percentile, which means there is nobody better at drawing walks than him his chase rate is in the hundredth percentile which means nobody chases less than one soto so wow 
you have to throw him strikes. Uh, and if you throw him strikes, he's going to hit the ball very yeah, hard. You got to get him out, out on the base paths. That's really your only chance. That's tough, though. That's a tough ask, especially yeah, for a guy who's going to hit the ball like 350 feet minimum. It's just like he's got power galore. Um, that's a really potent one-two threat that they've got. This is going to be a tough series, but again, I think it's an opportunity to make a statement. Uh, we'll see what we get out of Manoa, but I, I think for sure the second game is uh, is more winnable than the other two. On but paper, again, for sure. Yeah. On paper, it's going to be a tough series. Tougher than the numbers look, anyway. Um. Before we wrap up, one rumor we need to discuss that's been kind of making its way around MLB circles this week. That is Marcus Stroman, Patrick. There are rumors saying that the Blue Jays may be interested in trading for their former, I guess you'd call him an ace at the time, because he kind of was that for the Blue Jays. What are your thoughts on bringing Marcus Stroman back? Do you think that is... A good idea is it an awful idea what do you what do you what's your gut tell you <laughs> he's on a one-year deal isn't he uh no his contract is just expiring so well technically i mean he's he what he's he has what this year is his last year he's gonna be a free agent yes yeah so he's probably not gonna cost you a lot yeah there's yeah. only two players that were on the roster still i think when he was here yes when was the last time Marcus Stroman was a J? Um, looking back at his stat sheet, it was 2019. Oh, I'm wrong then, because Cabin, Bo, and Vladdy were all yep. coming up on this. But not very many people were on the roster then. Uh, yeah, he was traded, I think, at the deadline or close to it. Yeah, close to it. Um, and he's actually pitched better since then. Right, yeah, this this is his last... He has a player option for $21 million for next year, but he's going to decline that because he'll get more as a free agent. He'll try... He's he's going to be 33 going into next season, so he'll probably be going, looking for a three- or four-year deal. It's like a, probably maybe his last multi-year contract in baseball. But you're renting him. I you're don't... renting him for the rest of the season, yes. So I don't think he'll cost... A lot. I think it'll be like maybe two top thirty prospects, and I don't think either of them have to be in the top ten of your top thirty. Right. Um, like I think you could pay basically slightly less than what you paid for Jose Barrios. Actually, quite a bit less because there's no control. So sure. Do we have players that are kind of? Equal in some way to Simeon Woods Richardson and Austin whatever. Um, I can't remember his name. I'm really sorry. Austin Martin. Austin Martin. Neither um, of which have panned out at all. Yeah, they haven't panned out yet for sure. Um, I mean, yeah, there are probably some players we could could trade, but I really the more the argument I want to make is like, is trading for Marcus Stroman necessary you know that the blue jays yeah the question is does he fill a need that this team has right now and right. the answer is no yeah yeah that's exactly what but I'm we are pinning a lot on alec manoa and we are pinning a lot on Jin ryu by true. saying that true 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 even if marcus even if both those guys pitch average Yes. The Jays would certainly not need uh, what would be an, a seventh starter. I don't think Ryu comes back as a starter. Um, and Manoa, it's all dependent on what his performance is. You mean for next year you don't think Ryu comes back? That's what you're saying? No, for this year. No, right Ryu, now. We're talking Ryu's about like... Oh. How does Strowman fit into this if yeah, we were to trade I don't think for him? He does. <laughs> I don't think Ryu starts for us. Um, and if they trade for Strowman, it means that they don't have a lot of faith in Manoa, which right. I think does more damage to Manoa than uh, 
how piss poor he's pitched all year. I think it does more damage to him to say, we don't trust you enough to have those meaningful starts down the stretch, so we're going to get this other guy, and you can either languish in Buffalo or, you know, I guess be a bulk guy. That's right. kind of, I don't know. I don't, I don't think that's the right thing to do. No. Yeah, but it's... It, I think it, we're running out of time. Yeah, it also depends too on, like you said before, what the asking price is, right? Like if the Cubs want too much for Marcus Stroman, then it's an easy no. But the th- the question becomes, Justin, yeah. can the New York Yankees or the Boston Red Sox afford to outbid the Jays if that's where this is going? I think they can. I think they can and they will. Yeah. And that's be, the issue. I think they'd be making a mistake not to outbid for him. That being said, of all of the pitchers to be in this situation, where does Marcus Stroman want to pitch? And the answer is pretty clearly it's out probably. of those three cities, it's <laughs> going to be Toronto. You think? You think he yes. doesn't want to? He he grew up a Yankee fan. Yes, he did. He went to New York to play for the Mets after, yes. and then signed a, for a couple of years there. Like you know, like yes. I feel like the Yankees might be attractive for him. If he has his choice, I would. If if I had to guess, based solely on everything that he has ever said, when it comes to how he feels about Toronto. If he has a choice of where he's getting traded, I think he ends up back in Toronto. Wouldn't that be a full circle event? It would be weird as hell. And I'm not even sure that it would be a good thing for any of the parties involved. But I don't think there's that much acrimony uh, from a baseball perspective from his departure. I think the writing was on the wall that the team was rebuilding. And I think that Stroman was a guy they could trade for value. Now, that trade, we lost that trade for sure. I think that's fair the, to say. Uh, big time. But he was also a free agent, I think, the year after the next year. Because he was a free agent in 2022, wasn't he? Uh, he signed a three-year deal with Chicago, so whatever the math on that is. Well, no, because he didn't play in 2020 at all. He sat out because of COVID. Yeah. He's a free agent in 2024, which is after this. Yeah, he signed a three-year deal for 2021, 2022, and 2023 with the Cubs. No, he played for the Mets in 2021. Hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm I'm looking at I, I'm including the option in there. That's my fault. Yeah, 2022, 2023. It was a two year deal with a with a third year option is what he signed. Yeah. If if I I don't know because Stroman is such an enigma, right? He's a, a hard a hard guy to pin down as far as what he what he wants. We know that he loves Toronto. We know that he would not hesitate to come back if it was his choice. Sure. Or at least that's what he says on paper. That's what he says. Yeah. And Do I think he would turn down pitching in New York? No. No. Do I think the Yankees can outbid us if we were to bid for Stroman? Yes. Yes. Um, I guess it also kind of depends on how far out the Yankees are and how desperate they are. The Jays could really... The Jays are in the most advantageous position out of those three teams because <laughs> is, they're in the wild card. Which is pretty crazy to think because of how poorly the Jays have played against their division the fact that they're still only six games back of Tampa despite being absolutely garbage against their own division is pretty crazy it's because they have the best record in Major League Baseball against non-divisional opponents yeah against everybody else yeah they're 7-20 and and 20 against their own division yeah and they have an MLB best record against everybody who's not yeah. in their division yeah. which is wild because <laughs> this is the first year in Major League Baseball where there is less of an emphasis on divisional games. Right. And there's still an opportunity late in the season for the Jays to turn that shitty record around. So there's still lots of time on the clock for all these teams to turn it around. 
I think the Jays are the most advantageous of the three teams right now uh, as far as uh, being the team that's further ahead, but the Yankees have infinite money when it comes to their uh, their minor league development. They're pretty much second to nobody. Maybe the Dodgers, maybe Tampa, maybe. But, I mean, they put hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars into developing players, and they've been one of, if not the best team in baseball, at least in the American League, for like 100 years at doing this. So they have prospects to work with. Yeah. I don't think it'll cost the Kings ransom to get Marcus Stroman, but I don't think the Jays should pay it just to keep him away from New York. It's not worth it. Fair. Yep. If you had assurances that he would pick up the player option, he's not good. He's never going to pick it up. If he decide, if he did, hypothetical. This is all hypothetical bullshit, anyway. Yeah. If he did pick up the, if he told you like, I trade me to Toronto, I want to pick up the player option for twenty twenty four. Then yeah, I would definitely, I would definitely throw a top ten prospect at Chicago to do it. Sure, if, if that think, could do it. I think that's fair. I would, I would work to outbid the Yankees. That being said, I think he, I don't know, man. I think it's fifty fifty. I think it's either going to be Toronto or New York. But it really depends on what what Atkins has to say because Atkins was the guy who traded him, right? That's very true. Yep. Do we want him? Yeah, it's going to be a real question of, of want and need, right? I mean, the Blue Jays at this moment in time are in a spot. I mean, obviously, if Kevin Gosman is, is able to make his next start, then the Blue Jays are in a spot where they're going to have six starters right away. And adding somebody else to that situation, when the guys you have are all under contract beyond next season, every starter you have, or Except every team control. For Kikuchi, or yeah, I mean, you still have you're still gonna have five guys for next year. So if you are trading for Stroman, it's because you're probably thinking that you're gonna just option Alec Manoa to Buffalo and let him pitch down there. Because I don't think they're gonna run up the six man rotation. No, I I think it'd be if Ryu is able to be contributing, <coughs> then sure it works out for this season. But obviously Ryu's gone. You've only got one more year of Kikuchi left. You've still got a few more seasons of control in Alec Manoa, Gosman, and Bassett for a couple more years each. Like, <coughs> it's it seems weird to trade for Marcus Stroman because of those reasons. You could also, though, make the case that if this again, this is hypothetical nonsense. If yeah. if they were like, "Yep, yeah, we want Marcus Stroman," and then they do it, and then they have him. They're not going to have a seven-man rotation. They're not even going to have a six-man rotation. Both right. Ryu and Manoa go to the pen, which is wild to do. I, I don't think I, – I, I'm still not certain that either of them are going to end up in the bullpen. I think they're both going to start. That's insane to me. But <laughs> that's a lot of pitching depth. I would not be like, and that's like, a, I'm loading up for a long run pitching depth. Yeah. To have that many starters. I don't, uh, I don't know, man. On one hand, I don't want to have to get into a bidding war with the Yankees. On the other hand, uh, the prodigal son returning is a great storyline. And then also at the same time, you know, it's been a few years. It's been, well, if we're, being honest it's been four years since he's been in toronto he's probably not the same human being he was four years ago probably not i don't think he'll bring the same stuff that was written about in you know the toronto news media and all of those you know borderline tabloid rags they called newspapers yeah i don't think those problems come back uh he's a different player different person um I love the idea of overcompensating. <laughs> it, I mean, and that's exactly, that's a good term for it, I think. Get rid of Mitch White, get rid of Adam Simber, and then their replacements are Juan Jin Ryu and Alec Manoa. Yeah. That's pretty, that's pretty tempting. And then Marcus Stroman slots in as your number four. 
starter, when he's having a season, like an ace-like season in Chicago. And that's a not very good Chicago team either. Like no, they are they have a positive run differential, but they're under 500. Yeah. It's And, I mean, with the Reds playing well in that division, they're really behind behind the proverbial eight ball, if you will, in terms of getting into the playoffs. Stroman's a very attractive trade piece. Their record uh, when... And, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, I was going to say, not only Stroman, we, we talked a bit about it before the show, but they're r- rumored to be shopping Cody Bellinger as well, who's also on a one-year deal and having a, a good season. So there's there's some... They do have guys on their team on expiring contracts who I would say are probably unlikely to re-sign there if they're not traded you know like if the cubs decide to just roll with it i would say that they're probably likely to lose both stroman and bellinger to teams with more immediate chances of winning championships as both those guys are in the middle or towards the end of their careers now in terms of getting age. both those guys would be quite quite satisfying yeah and and i'm not saying it's gonna cost you multiple prospects yeah i'm not saying that's gonna happen but it would yeah you're right it would be it would be nice if if, if that were to happen it would be auto lopez would be gone for sure oh yeah yeah um brandon maria probably maybe gone like addison barger gone those pitchers because the cubs are probably gonna want at least one player who's maybe mlb like ready or will be ready next season you know and that's an auto lopez and addison barger type of guy because they're not just going to want to fully decimate their major league roster and have and be forced to call up their prospects too early you know yeah but it would basically further gut an already depleted blue jays yes uh, prospect pool that's at least in the bottom five in baseball i think that's a fair assessment I wonder if you could even get away with, like, Barger, Lopez, and Orelvis Martinez for Bellinger and Stroman. I think I, – I don't know. It's it's always tough to value – it depends on how other teams value those guys too, right? It's not just on what, how the Blue Jays value them. Yeah, that's and the I thing too. The and Chicago Jays, has all the all the bidding. Uh, they have all the power. They have all in this the power. They, they're the they ones can jack the, the price the up as high as they yeah. want. Yeah, they're, they're then, the ones that have the people that the players that people want. So they can just say like, you know what, this is what's going to cost. Either like nut up or shut up, you know. But even the Yankees, they have so many prospects that they can call upon. Or even Tampa. Tampa could gut their farm and probably still be in the top ten. Yeah, and Tampa. See, a guy like Stroman's a guy that Tampa may go for, or and and Bellinger too, because they're not on the hook for them financially long term. I know the yeah. Rays don't like to spend have money. big contracts, yeah. So it's gonna be interesting to see how they handle the deadline too, because this this Tampa team may be the best shot they've ever had in the World Series, because they obviously they made the World Series a few years ago. I disagree, but I understand where you're coming from. I mean, at this current moment in time, they're they're firmly in playoff contention they may not win the division at this point if they keep fading and baltimore keeps doing baltimore things and somehow just being insanely good but they're still having a tremendous year and i think a a team a small market team like tampa needs to go for it when they have these type of chances because if they don't they may never they may never strike gold or have the season go the way it's gone again you know? Let me ask you the real question that we can conclude the podcast on when it comes to Strowman possibly returning to Toronto. If he does, which player wears the number six? Oh, yeah, because Manoa's got it right now. That, I don't <laughs> I, know, man. That would be think... a that'd be an interesting discussion to have to, to like be on the wall for to be a fly on the wall for if that were to happen between those two guys because <laughs> Strowman's the vet. Uh, been Toronto before. What's his number back then? Manoa's only in his second full season. Oh, that would be a couple guys who have, I would say, egos. <laughs> um. Wow. Yeah, that's that's something I hadn't thought of. And it's almost not even worth it to make the trade. That's enough drama <laughs> right there to even just forget about the trade completely. 
Wow. Yeah. No, well, that's a that's a good that's a good question to wrap the show up with. <laughs> in case you find it interesting at all, the last player to wear the number sixty six was Kevin Smith back in twenty twenty one. Okay. So. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that's that's spicy. Uh, that's, that's a tough. That's, that's a, spicy a meatball. I like that. I want to. I kind of want to see it now. But uh, that'll be it for us. I think Patrick, <laughs> we've we've kind of rambled on and on today. If you liked our TV show rant and our Blue Jays rants and our Strowman rant, we appreciate you listening. Find us on Twitter for now at BFMD Podcast. <laughs> Website is bfmdpodcast.com. You can listen wherever you get your shows. For Patrick Marsh in Halifax, Nova Scotia, I am Justin Anderson here in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. We'll see you Thursday.